0: Hello everybody, this is episode number 29 of The Transformation Journey. I'm your host Emiliano and today's guest is Rebecca Aris Leader. Rebecca is the best-selling author of Knock, How to Open Doors and Build Career Relationships That Matter. Our conversation today is all about her book and about building meaningful relationships professionally and personally. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this episode. Remember that by the end of it, I will be sharing with you what my biggest takeaways were. So make sure you stay until the end. If you would like to, I'd love if you could share in your Instagram story that you are listening to this episode. Tag me as at the.transformation.journey and I will repost the story for you. So now, without further ado, let's get into episode 29 with Rebecca Hardy's letter. Okay, so Rebecca, thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for coming on the transformation journey, and I am excited to talk with you today about your book about Knock how to open doors and build career relationships that matter and well before diving into the book and into lessons and into other stuff around the book and around your brand I would like you to sort of give an introduction to yourself but an introduction through a story so tell us about yourself through telling us the story of how did you decide to uh, write this book and why
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily, for having me and for partnering with me um, to showcase some of the, um, the advice and the stories that are in Knock. So my name is Rebecca Leader, and I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, and pr- prior to that, I lived in Chicago, Illinois, um, by way of Austin, Texas. And I would say that's the story um, that led me to writing the book, um, is that I've made some bold moves in my career, some of which people would call a jungle gym rather than a ladder of logical steps. Um, really following my gut feeling, following um, you know where I felt I needed to be and where I could put my skill sets and really thrive. And so um, the same thing happened in my career. So I started off in the corporate um, setting, actually doing marketing for a government organization, and um, and then from there I actually my um, I'm a writer and I'm creative, so my creative side took off, and I'm I, uh, built a blog called the Recommendations, and it was all about my fun passions, similar to you and me. So it was about entertaining and hosting. Um, I love to cook. I love to bring people together. It was also about what you could do for fun in the city of Austin, Texas. And I was able to build a community of um, of readers of my of my website there. Uh, and also business owners, because I got to tell their stories through writing on my blog. And um, from there, I actually decided to become an entrepreneur at a young age of 26. Um, although I think, I mean, you built me, <laughs> I beat me on that. Um, and uh, so I decided to become a consultant for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. Uh, and um, I wanted to help them with their marketing because I felt like they couldn't afford necessarily or have the budget for um, marketing or PR agencies that were sort of at the big scale. And I wanted to help the smaller, you know, newer and mom and pop shops, uh, if you will. And after uh, doing that for about a year and a half, it was very successful, but I sort of felt a calling to expand my wings and uh, move. So Mm -hmm. I actually ended up moving to Chicago, where I then continued my marketing journey and my marketing career. So um, I tell these stories because um, as I mentioned, it was more of um, following uh, my intuition, following what felt right, depending on the time of my life. and um and as a result of of making those changes, I've navigated what it's like to go from being working in a job to becoming an entrepreneur to then going back to working in a job. And eventually, I ended up working for a global technology company, um, which was the largest company I ever worked for, and um, I noticed that people are also making these career changes, and those are the times where people are needing extra support. So whether you're starting your career, you're changing your career, or you're growing your career, um, those are the areas where we need a little extra confidence and a little extra support on how to do that. And I felt like building high quality career relationships was at the root of that because even if you're reaching out to someone to understand what their job is like, if that's something you want to pursue, or maybe you're looking into a company um, and you're just trying to figure out if it would be a fit or you're in a formal interview, um, those are the times where you're going to be really connecting with individuals that you may not have an established relationship with, and so Knock is the guide to building high-quality career relationships for career growers, career builders, and career changers. And it is inspired by some of those bold moves and those big moves that I've made in mm-hmm. my life and on my career.
0: Yeah, one thing I liked from what you said is um, that you started to notice, like, and to get interested in. Building meaningful career relationships, not just career relationships, but meaningful. And I wanted to read a quote in the book. Um, I have it here. And it says, many of us are craving more, more genuine interactions rooted in reality beyond our cell phones, more true human connection, not only in entertainment and in our personal lives, but in our careers. And another thing I loved from the book and which I have been trying to apply into my life is the idea of. An experience in a relationship versus an exchange in a relationship. Could you dive uh, uh, for some minutes into that concept and into those ideas?
1: Yes. Yeah. And but I don't know if you can hear that there's a car honking in the background. Yeah, it's oh. right here in the street. <laughs> so an experience versus an exchange. That idea came about because as a blogger, um, it was really before the influencer movement. Um, that word really wasn't being used at the time. But I was fortunate to be on some media lists where restaurants and brands were reaching out to me or media companies to see if I would promote their products and services to my readers um, on behalf of them or their clients. And um, I found that many of the outreach messages that I was receiving were very impersonal, um, sometimes to the point where you could see that they were just copying and pasting the same message for multiple people because the name of my blog was in a different font. You can actually see that in the book. Um, But essentially, I felt like um, there was sort of this expectation of an exchange, you know, I'll promote this for for my readers, and you'll get the benefit of that. Um, And it didn't really feel like a partnership. So that's where the idea came from. But it extends to our careers where how can we partner and think about ways that we can help each other, we can have mutual impact, we can think about it in terms of a partnership And we're all putting something in, and not only are we getting something out, but the output helps other people too. So it's about making an impact beyond even the two individuals or two companies or two entities. So that's really where it came from, and it's something that I keep top of mind. And I do think it still applies to the influencer movement and how brands and influencers can partner more thoughtfully in a long-term partnership. It doesn't have to be just one mention on a blog or just a few, you know, um, stories on Instagram, but how can you actually partner in a long-term capacity so that everyone wins more? So I'd love your thoughts on that because as you partner with, um, authors and individuals, I wonder if you come across that experience at all.
0: Yeah. So, um, I will begin by telling like the story of how I started to partner with authors. So, Actually, one year ago. So today it is the anniversary of the podcast, actually. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, about one year ago, I was uh, having a conversation with Nick from BookThinkers from, for my podcast. He was the first guest. And by the time I was wanting to see ways in which I could start to monetize also my page to not just give value, but also receive, um, in this case, some monetary value. And I asked him, how did he do that for book thinkers? And he told me about book promotions for authors and all that. And so um, long story short, I created some packages and some ways in which I could help authors, but those packages were not something right now, like recalling, those were not something that I loved um, because I had a big marketing package in which I shared a lot of content. Um, in my page, but that was not really like, for for many um, partnerships I created, that was not really something I loved doing. And afterwards, I started noticing that like many of the relationships I was building were mostly focused on like um, getting done the promotion and that was it, like n- not following through. Um, but then some months ago, I started like changing my perspective on there. And also after reading your book, it was like a big uh, mind shift um, because I, what right now I, I try to do as a, let's say as a brand, as a Reader Lounge, um, is to actually create experiences with authors involving them in the ecosystem of the Reader Lounge and the transformation journey. Um, you, And you're an example of that. So we started with a, With a promotion, with uh, with a promotion in which I actually read the book and in which I actually shared valuable content, and then uh, you participated in the giveaway, which I did, and now we are having this um, Zoom conversation for my podcast. And those things, those um, pieces of value, are what now, uh, now, yeah, right now I am trying like to integrate into a bigger ecosystem to partner with authors. Yeah, in the case of the Reader Lounge, mostly with authors. And so that I can build relationships in which we both are benefited, but in which we can, um, like, impact others, which is the the third step, sorry, the second step of the NAC method. And I want to get into that. But yeah, that's what what I would say. So right now I'm uh, focusing a lot more on on building experiences over just exchanges. And I think it's something, like, very meaningful for me and impactful because since I want to be an entrepreneur my whole life and to keep creating stuff and connecting with people, um, it will it will make a big difference like uh, between just focusing on what can I get uh, to now focusing on, okay, what can I give and afterwards, okay, what can I get to, but like we, what can we generate together and that's something that I like. And that's how how I see it right now. I don't know if you have something to, to add to that.
1: Yes. Um, I love your perspective. We have a shared perspective here. And it's clear that you really do invest in your relationships. You read the book cover to cover and you take <laughs> notes and you highlight, like you're really in the minds of the authors in a certain way, which um, investment is a sub-step of the knock method. And I will also add um, commonality as a step in, in, the, in the knock method. That's see and knock. Um, But what you described about those different interactions that we had as an example, I call that filling up your commonality cup. So you can think of an experience rather than an exchange, like a series of common events or common interactions or partnerships, and you continue to build on that. Um, And now we have multiple common experiences Mm -hmm. rather than simply just one where maybe there was an exchange of goods and services or there was a quick hello or a, one coffee meeting with someone and then you never talk to them again. By the way, a follow up message or a thank you, which is very simple, but sometimes easy to forget when you're busy, is a simple way to keep that conversation going and fill up that commonality cup.
0: Yeah, well, let's now get into like more concepts of the book. And I would like to start talking about like <clears throat> the impact on health of meaningful relationships, but especially of not having meaningful relationships. Could you talk about that and about that chapter in the book?
1: Yes. So the second introductory chapter of the book is about how you physically and mentally feel as a result of building high quality career connections, um, or um, how you feel without um, in the absence of those connections. So essentially you can even remove the word career, um, although that's the lens that, that I wrote the book through um, and just talk about high quality connections. And the idea is that even in our careers, even when we're in business meetings or we're talking to clients, you know, we can get to know people on a human level and through the research that I did uh, for NOC, I learned that high quality connections, even in our careers, can um, actually benefit our heart rate and our blood pressure. Uh, we feel more connected, especially in this world where a lot of us are still isolated or um, we are working remotely. Um, that takes a toll on a lot of people who, who are craving that Sense of community in person and so um, the good news is that we can build high quality connections even virtually even through zoom um, although we might be fatigued on that end um, but uh, there was eye-opening research about the health risks of isolation and loneliness uh, and I pulled that into this conversation because um, it talks about how much more um, how much richer our lives will be and how much healthier we can be even if we, um, put an emphasis on building high-quality connections as we develop our careers, um, and uh, so so that was powerful research. I thought that um, not that I'm I'm building a case to do it necessarily, like convincing people why it's good for you, but it <laughs> talks about how it's good for you beyond simply getting the job or getting the client or getting the sale. Uh, so that's the research that I I uncovered.
0: Mm-hmm. And about uh, connecting online through the last uh year and a half so since the pandemic started um i have built like great relationships with many people and i have only physically met one of them mm-hmm. um and yeah it's really great and the one who who i met is my friend uh emilio emilio ortiz and he was here on the podcast with a collaboration for a collaboration post for the reader lounge now we are building a project in which his business and well the reader lounge will like have a joint venture and this type of connection is really great. I I am loving like to connect with like-minded people. And at least for me, the way in which I have found how to do that is online because I mean like in my school, there aren't many people who I can talk about this stuff with. Um, and because of that, and because I spent most of my time at school, it's like more difficult to to talk about this. And I do love meeting People online and creating relationships online, but that's just because in my situation it is easier for me. Maybe five years from now it will be easier to travel, and I don't know. Um, but yeah, now I would like you to give like an overview on what it is to knock and of the the process. So I want to also get into each part, each step of the process, but just give us an overview of what it is to knock.
1: Sure. So I'm really glad you asked this question because um, I have had some philosophical questions with um, (laughs) my husband about this because we were talking about knocking and how sometimes it feels like, um, well, we had the question of who's opening the door. Is it the person that is sort of reaching out for the first time or is it the person who's answering when you knock? And so we kind of got in this cycle of that, but essentially um, the idea is it's not necessarily knocking on doors like trying to make a sale, Um, like the old school, you know, going door to door and trying to sell phone books or shoes or knives or whatever, but it really is about how to um, feel confident in reaching out to individuals even if you don't know them very well. Um, To, in an attempt to open the door in a meaningful way for both people. So it is about mutual value. And so the idea is that um, you would, and we'll go into the steps, but you are intentional about that. So when you're reaching out to connect with someone, there's a reason why you're reaching out to connect with them. Mm -hmm. Either someone suggested you might have things in common, or they might have some advice for you, um, a mutual, mutual friend, or you have worked in the same industry or they do one thing and you do another and those are complementary skill sets or you really admire them. Like sometimes it's just you heard someone speak or you read a book or you um, heard about someone or you read an article and all of a sudden it really clicks with you and you really want to connect with this person because there's something there that you think you would jive on. And so knocking is an intentional way to open the door with individuals along your career. And that could be with a manager. It could be with your colleagues or your team. If you are a manager, that could be with a mentor or a potential mentor or your mentee. That could be with um, prospects or clients. That could be with if you're a startup founder, it could be with investors. Um, So there are so many ways and also hiring managers and interviews. Um, There's so many different forms of high quality or of career connections. So how can we enrich the quality of that and Um, I believe that a lot of that work falls on our shoulders to do the pre-work, to do the research, to invest up front, to ensure that it's going to be worth it for the other person to at least have a productive conversation. You never know where it's going to lead, but you might have some ideas and hopefully you've thought about that in advance. So in my opinion, the prep is on us and we are the ones who are opening the door by knocking rather than um, the thought that we knock and somebody, the person who answers is, um, is it's, it works on both sides. But I think mm-hmm. that we are the first ones that take the step to open the door. And hopefully if we've been intentional and we can provide mutual value, the other person will open the door and then you have lots mm-hmm. of possibilities ahead of you.
0: Yeah, right now I am remembering that I saw a video um, in which Tony Robbins talked about relationships, and I want to ask you your opinion on it. So in the video, he talked about how like the important thing in, re- in like developing the correct relationships, the, the important part is to be selective, but not selective on who you um, partner or like connect with it's to be selective of who you are in the relationship Mm -hmm. and if if you select who you are then for the relationship to still like be be able to be lived um the other person has also to adapt to to like let's say to your level um so that you can like keep at the same level and keep their relationship or the friendship so what are your thoughts there
1: Wow. Yes. I love that idea. Um, I agree to some degree that um, we can decide how we show up to relationships. What we cannot control or anticipate necessarily is how the other person's able to show up at that particular time, because they might be just having a really stressful day or it just may not be in the top of their priority list. So, Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that comes to mind. The other is a graphic that I have in the book talks about commonality sort of leveling that playing field so the idea that you know we might think oh well someone has decades more experience than me and I want to reach out to them but why would they make time for me you know like they have so much more to give than I do right and I to that I say there's always value to be given it's not going to be an exact match but I do believe commonality can help level the playing field so even if it's an exact And you have mutual interests, you work in the same industry, maybe you have mutual contacts, or maybe you were at the same event that they were at and you heard them speak. Like you can make those things commonalities. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, bringing those to the forefront makes it, they want to meet with you because they realize that their work had an impact on someone else. Um, And so that also comes to mind as you talked about sort of like how people show up and, and level with each other. And so, commonalities is one that comes to mind for me Um, and so those are my thoughts.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I do think also like in my case with the interviews sometimes to certain people I feel like I shouldn't reach out to them yet um, because if I reached out right now for an interview they might not accept and in the future if I reached out again uh they might and rem- they might remember that time and they, I i sometimes think like oh they then might not want to have the interview or, or meet or whatever um but it's it's interesting because for example i have been connecting with robin sharma for about a year now or maybe more um and he has sent me a signed copy of the 5am club and everything and About two months ago, I invited him to my podcast and he didn't even reply. (laughs) And like one or two weeks ago, I reached out again, um, but now with a brief message, not like many paragraphs and just telling him that I just bought, uh, well, I pre-bought his book, his upcoming book, and that I would like to invite him to the podcast to talk about the 5am club and also promote his new book. And he told me that yeah, we can do it. Um, but on autumn. And in that case, I'm like, hmm, okay, it, it worked. But then I think of other people who I want to reach out to. And I still go through this thinking process sometimes. And I I want to ask you here, so for well, yeah, so first, what are your thoughts on that on that? But also when someone reaches uh reaches out to a person. Um, but not in the right way. Maybe not with the knock method. How can we, how can someone fix that relationship like to actually work or start over?
1: Wow, I love your questions. Uh, The first one, super excited to hear that you'll have the opportunity to interview Robin. I've been following him for a while now. Um, And if you think about it, logically, when you reached out before, maybe he was just super busy getting his book Mm -hmm. out the door. Like maybe he was in the final stages (laughs) of publishing that book. Right. And now the book is coming out and now he's planning his promotion plan. So like Mm -hmm. your timing may just happen to have been better at this time. So, um, there's always that. Um, so that's my thought is that you just kind of never know what the other person's going through, but sometimes you can use Mm -hmm. social media to figure that out. Like, um, like there've been a few times where there are people that um I admire that I have I've met or crossed paths with or they contributed to the book and I was reaching back out for them to review their interview or whatever um and I just would go to social media of all places to see like did they post that they're on vacation are they traveling mm. are they at a conference and there've been some times where I'm like oh this person's going to a conference I'm going to reach out to them afterwards And I can ask how it went and also just know that they're probably going to respond more likely because they're not super busy. So sometimes you can actually use that to your advantage. Um, One time I was trying to reach out to someone who I was fortunate to interview for the book. And I went to LinkedIn because he's very active there. And it turned out that he was doing a LinkedIn live like literally while i was about to email him and i was like oh then i'm gonna wait till this is over and (laughs) Mm -hmm. i joined the linkedin live just so i could hear like a little bit of something he was saying and then i i mentioned that i tuned in for a little while in that message so i mean you know to the point that it feels reasonable if people are vocal and sharing online and very public then you can use that as cues on when your timing might be more optimal but you can never predict what's going on in someone else's Mm -hmm. life really um, so that's one thought I had. And your other question was, if someone reaches out to you and their approach was maybe a little bit off, how can we help them? Is that? So yeah, that's... or how
0: can they help themselves?
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So would you like me to answer the question from the person who reached out or from the person who's receiving it?
0: I would say both. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the first question is, do you know that like you sent the email and you're like, or reached out, however, phone call, whatever, however it was, and you realize that maybe it was off or do you not realize that it was off?
0: No, in the case that uh, the person does realize that it was off.
1: Mm. Okay. So um, if you sent it and and you think, oh, I could have done that better. And I I forgot to mention something or... Mm -hmm. I wasn't specific enough, or I didn't introduce myself, and I was just so nervous. And I pushed send. That happens. Um, in that case, uh, follow-ups are totally reasonable. People are busy; they have a lot of priorities. So you it doesn't mean you don't have another chance. First of all, give it some time because maybe they just were busy that day, and you might hear back in a few days. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you don't hear back, or they responded and it wasn't like you know favorable or something then it may just not be the right time, but you would have an opportunity potentially to ask, like, I understand that might not be a fit for you, but is there, you know, some other way we could partner, right? Like you could mm-hmm. ask for feedback or propose something else, or if it's just, you didn't hear back at all, you could always, you know, give it a few weeks or a month or something, and then come back and refine your strategy. And by then you could have done more research or you might've rethought mm-hmm. how you wanted to present the message. So it kind of depends on the situation, but. Um, but it takes practice and we're all human. So you just don't know exactly, um, you know, what's going on in someone else's life. And so I don't, you know, don't be too hard on yourself (laughs) and you're trying, right? Like it takes a lot of courage to reach out to somebody, especially someone you really admire or someone who, um, has a lot of experience on the flip side. I've had people reach out to me for. Referral to a job at the company I worked for, or for a connection to someone to help them along their career path, or whatever it may be. And I've noticed, you know, maybe they didn't personalize it enough, or maybe they haven't done their research, or they didn't customize their resume for the role. In which case, I will provide that guidance to say, Mm -hmm. like, happy to make an introduction, but I might suggest that you modify your resume to include these things that you're really passionate about. Like, I noticed they were missing first, or, um, you know, have you looked into what this company does or the values that that you really admire? Or I'll say, like, what interests you about the company? And if they say something very general, um, then I would say, you know, can you find something that's more specific that shows that you've really done a lot of research? So you can coach people um, to sort of reconsider their approach in a way that you think might um, warrant better results. But, um, so I think that there's, it's on both sides. It's like, how can we continue to improve our communications that are thoughtful and meaningful for the other person and create that mutual value, or at least indicate that, you know, this time would be valuable for them and for you and that maybe together you could make a bigger impact. And then if you're on the receiving end, there's, there are times where it's helpful to provide a little bit of feedback and just say, you know, like, I hope you're open to this feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I think you might have some really great success, if you you know go back to the drawing board and make a few adjustments. So I think that um, we can help people be aware of that. And when we're in the mode of sort of meeting goals for ourselves, sometimes we um, lose sight of some of those details, and that's totally natural, I think. So it's helpful to have that feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's on both sides, and we should like focus on timing but also most importantly on improving and to improve yeah feedback and what can we do better most sure
1: and and just trying like like I said it takes a lot of courage to do it um to reach out to somebody that maybe you don't know or you don't know so well mm-hmm. um but yes I think that's a great summary and um and it's very very common for like your example one time to just you weren't on somebody's radar. And the next time you reached out, you caught them on a good day. And Mm -hmm. if you think about it in your own life, you're, you know, at school and you're doing podcasts and you're reading, you can't be everywhere all the time. And so if someone was reaching out to you, how would you want to want it to go down? Right? Like in some cases, you might just be totally in over your head. It's time for exams. Um, And other times it's summer break and you have a little bit more time. So Um, it's
0: just kind of going back to the human level. Well, now let's get into like the actual steps, because one thing you mentioned, um, that is, uh, like knowing your contact to also know when to reach out and when it is best. And the first step in, in the knock method is know my topic and my contact. So could you talk about that, about that first step in the knock method?
1: Yes. So um, if you are looking to open doors with individuals, companies, organizations, um, you need to know where you're coming from. As you mentioned earlier, sort of know how you're going to show up to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And you need to know enough about that other person or contact. There's a reason that you want to reach out to them. And so you. you um you know where do they there's some place that they came from either your research or um you saw something or a mutual contact as we talked about before and so knowing as much as you can that's um that's that's not creepy <laughs> but as much as you can get to know about a person that's publicly available or your mutual contact can tell you about them um that's going to set you up for success because you're going to be able to show up in a way that's hopefully um relatable and meaningful for them too and knowing your own um your own, whatever topic, um, background, um, the perspective that you want to bring to this individual relationship is important. So, for example, the first story in the book is about um, this amazing couple in Chicago, Jeff and Jennifer, and they built a school. And um, they needed to know details about how they were going to build the school in order to ask people to support it financially and to you know, actually donate to make the school happen. And so, you know, until they actually had details about this is the location and this is how we're going to build it. This is how many students we think we're going to have. And this is where, you know, um, how we're going to run it. um, And this is how tuition is going to work. Whatever those questions are that people are going to have. They had to know some of those details before people were kind of willing to, to consider um, being a part of it. And so the same thing goes for us. If we're interviewing or we're having an informational interview, someone's going to ask us, well, why should I meet with you? And you're going to mm-hmm. want to already have sort of your elevator pitch crafted. Well, this is what I do. This is what I like to do. This is what I focus on. This is what makes me tick. And I notice we have some commonalities. So you have to know yourself and sort of pre-think how you want a message, um, put out that message of, of who you are, and then know your contact or your audience um, so that you can communicate with them better. Same like speaking engagements. I haven't done one in person in a long time, hopefully (laughs) soon, but I like to meet a few people if I can, if not the whole audience in advance before it starts, just to get a sense of what brought them there today. You know, who are they? So that I'm speaking with an audience and know more about who is on the other end of that message so that it can resonate.
0: Hey everyone it's Semi again and this is just a quick reminder that by the end of this episode I will be sharing with you my biggest lessons from this episode so make sure you stay until the end. If you are enjoying the conversation and are receiving value from it, it would mean the world if you could share it to a friend or if you could subscribe to the podcast to not miss one episode. I think some something interesting to point out here is knowing your why and the purpose of connecting with someone or, or or connecting with an audience. How can we like what what would you say is a process like to help define a right and the right uh, purpose? Like also to motivate the the relationship enough.
1: Hmm. Um. I would say, I think you just be observant, um, I, I guess, and and sort of uh, this is a tough one because you don't you don't really know. If, sometimes you think something's important to someone, but it turns out it's not really that important to them. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe you saw it on Instagram or something, but really this other thing is really important to them, and so. Um, I think just be genuine, be honest, say, I did my, you know, I did some research and I noticed that you've done this and you've done that. And I'm really interested in that. um, or I'm really interested in learning more. Um, it's very possible that what they did before that was a focus is not a focus anymore. So that can change, but I think it's just being genuine and honest and showing that you've put in that, that work to get to know them. And, Um, And then it goes beyond the task. So if you, if I've gotten to know what makes Emiliano excited, then even if I kind of was off in what I thought was your priority today, I still was able to connect with you on a human level and understand what you're passionate about. And so I think it's about just trying to understand where people are their, their best selves. Like if they're on stage speaking, like what are they talking about? But where do you notice they light up and smile or like mm-hmm. personal stories they've talked about? So I think it's about listening. I think it's about uh, being observant and doing your research and then being genuine and sort of just showing that you've taken a genuine interest in that person, um, even more so than what they do, um, maybe. And, and then that's how I think you could mm-hmm. um, create that value for them.
0: Yeah, and well, the the third step in the knock method is own it and that includes authenticity and being genuine but before getting into that one i would like to talk about um the second step uh, which is like not about me and i perceive this mostly as adding value adding value to the other person and adding value like together with the other person could you talk about this and how can we identify what is the right value to add to someone mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that that's that's mostly what i mean like how can we identify also besides like being aware and listening um to know what they value how can we actually provide that that value that thing that is important to them
1: this is an easy answer and we don't always <laughs> think that which is ask them Ask them what's important to them, because going back to the example of influencer and brand partnerships, as an example, um, if you're the brand and you're reaching out to a potential client and you presume because you've looked at their content because you've done your research and you've known your your audience in step one, that something is of value to them but you really don't know. I mean, you you think you know, but when you reach out to them, you open the door, but leave it open enough to say, I'd love to hear what you're working on now and what you would value in a partnership. So what would be interesting to you? Like what, what kinds of partnerships are you looking for? And I'll give you an example. Like some, some bloggers or influencers might say like, right now I'm focused on lifestyle content, but actually I have a goal in the next year to be focused on, career content or something like that. But you wouldn't know that because their feed just says lifestyle content. So you can make assumptions based on what you see in the research. But I would say when you're able to open the door, just highlight the commonality, highlight what you think might be a value, but leave it open enough to say, but I'd love to hear what ideas you have in, in what would be a meaningful partnership. And so that's the same thing in business where Many people are, are in rooms. I've been in many of them as a marketer where we have research and we have data of what our customers are doing or what they want. But sometimes we forget to go straight to the customer and say, hey, here's a survey or tell us your feedback or what do you want to see here? So um, that's how I would say we can really figure out what's of value and then you can work to provide it.
0: Hmm, It's interesting because I I was thinking about about this second step mostly for connecting with mentors and with let's say people above you um or or people you look up to but i hadn't thought about it like uh with customers or like in a business about how you can add more value and then that and that's true that's why many 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 businesses or many i don't know for example i think airbnb and those sort of uh yeah businesses have like this f- feedback loop they try to implement so they uh, they can like keep improving and keep adding more value. And then now going into the third step: authenticity and investment. Um, you talk in the book about uh, a story of someone who was authentic, and that way she connected better with um her audience could you talk about that story and also like add something else to that like how can we focus on bringing our authentic self into a relationship
1: yes yeah, so i think you're talking about a story that's um that's very emotional is that the one mm-hmm. so um yes this story is about jenna ben schercher and she's the founder of twist out cancer which is an amazing organization that um, pairs individuals who have been touched by cancer in some way, either in their own lives um, personally or with family or friends or in their community. And they, um, they create a support community um, and it's all about actually connecting through art. Um, so I encourage you to look into Twist Out Cancer if you're looking for that kind of community. Uh, and she started this community from her own experience um, when she um, was faced with some very um, serious medical challenges and she was isolated so um, she was quarantined she was isolated like many of us have experienced in a different way recently and she was in her bedroom and she felt lonely and wanted to connect and so she you know um, actually filmed herself and put um, videos of herself dancing on YouTube and invited other people to do the twist with her and make her feel, you know, like she wasn't alone and she had people in her corner. And um, she was, she she describes it as that she kind of just did this out of a desperate place, that it wasn't really like pre thought out. She just did what felt right to her and she was very vulnerable at the time, um, she would say. Uh, so I hope I'm doing her justice in telling her own story. I encourage you to read it and learn about to a stop cancer on their website, but she's an amazing person. And um, she um, really exemplifies what it was like for her to be vulnerable and um, to really be her authentic self in a very difficult time. And because she did that, other people started sharing their stories and connecting with her and feeling like it was okay to be vulnerable. So um, while that might feel like a bit of a departure from the career theme of Knock. It really inspires us to to think about how when we bring our guards down in conversations, um, even in career conversations, other people feel more comfortable to share more about themselves too. So imagine you're in a meeting at work and people say, oh, let's go around the room and like, you know, introduce ourselves and, and, you know, people say their name and their title or whatever. But if someone said like, you know, this is my name and this is where I'm from and this is my title and, um, you know, some other fun detail or some other personal detail, um, then other people might follow suit and start telling their own personal detail too. So then all of a sudden, people start to connect more and find more commonalities. So um, so that's um, that's the story. Did I answer your question?
0: Yeah. And I want to add two things here. So the first one is that currently I am reading uh, Indestructible by Nir gel Actually, Nir will be coming on the podcast. And in one of the final chapters, uh, he shares the story of I think it was Boston Consulting Group, or uh, yeah, I think it was that company, and they w- were having a problem, and all their employees um were like being depressed and not motivated to do their job, um, and they wanted to know why and how could they like help that situation, and what he shares. Uh, um, what he shares is that they opened uh, sessions so that employees could uh, openly talk and share how they were feeling, and through these sessions, they discovered that the the main reason why they were feeling unmotivated was that was because they weren't like getting enough time for their personal lives and for sleeping and for all of that and that was because they were they felt like they uh, should always be online and connected and there if uh, something came up for the job or whatever um, and i think it's something interesting but because they solved the problem because they like opened the sessions to talk freely and like share stuff and how they felt through authenticity and not like faking or wearing a mask to like hide that part from themselves. So that's the first thing. Um, Do you want to add anything to that?
1: I'm good for now. (laughs) Okay,
0: yeah. And the second thing is that um, I had Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. in the podcast like about two months ago, I think. And we were talking about Like, what it is to know yourself and what it is to bring your authentic self into a a relationship. And, like, briefly told, bringing your authentic self into a relationship is, like, like, being conscious of how are you, like, acting, but being conscious of which part of you are bringing into the relationship. So being authentic is not about bringing all of yourself into a relationship. It's about bringing these commonalities, these authentic commonalities that resonate with other people. And this way you can relate to many people still being your authentic self. Do you have anything to say to that?
1: <laughs> yes, I can really resonate with that because I have many interests like you do. And uh, that has proven to be a little confusing for my personal brand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's just about wearing many hats as many people do. And so depending on what situation I'm in, or what the topic is at hand, I'll sort of put on a specific hat. Like sometimes, if I'm talking to people who are bloggers, then I'll mention that I, you know, have a blog or if I mention I'm in a, in a, um, professional setting of, of marketers, I'll talk about how my career has been built on marketing. So um, I totally resonate with that. And I am I think it's probably something that I don't even realize that I do now, but um, I choose to sort of um, bring bring out different parts of myself in certain situations where there are more commonalities and where there's going to be sort of more relation. Um, and what I love is when sometimes you don't know that someone has something in common with you because mm-hmm. you shared something else, and then all of a sudden you uncover new commonalities. So uh, I can definitely resonate with that idea.
0: And how do you personally approach like the idea of fitting in and maybe bringing commonalities, which really aren't commonalities. They are just like, let's call them um, illusions, because they might not be like things from... Your authentic self? How, how, how do you approach that? How do you approach like changing yourself just to fit in? Mm, can you or
1: give how, any- yeah,
0: how have you approached it throughout your life? Because maybe right now you are not like uh, just trying to fit in for the sake of fitting in.
1: Mm, can you give an example?
0: Yeah. So yesterday I was talking with a friend um, about this topic and we were talking about how, like, many times um, to both of us, We sort of feel weird with certain friends because we like do not resonate with all of what they do. And an example of this is, for example, is that many of many teenagers, including myself um, right now, like watch TikTok. Usually I don't don't watch it like on a daily basis and a lot of uh, and like I don't spend much of my time in it. But like being with some of my friends or people who have been my friends through some years, I kind of feel weird, like not having that same commonality of them spending uh six hours of their day watching TikToks or whatever. So those are like little things, which sometimes like make me and also make my friends uh like feel weird um about not like resonating with people. We usually resonated with and what we have found is that like it's important to like bring into the relationship things which make us have more commonalities with them so it's mostly about commonalities about like yeah having things in common but for for some relationship it is like more difficult to find that and at least for myself um i did not do this anymore but like many times we create an image of ourselves just to fit in the group and that can also make we makes uh make us feel uh worse and because we might not feel like we have meaningful relationships so the main point here is that many times we do not feel like good or yeah like maybe even healthy because we do not feel that we have um like authentic meaningful relationships due to the lack of commonalities and this many times is tackled through creating an image of yourself um but uh and that is an illusion that is not like real so that is like the main example that i would give how how can we like approach this in a better way about like building commonalities in the in the right way
1: Sure. So first of all, thank you for sharing that example, because I think you were a little bit vulnerable there because your friends are going to be listening. So (laughs) uh, thank you for sharing that. So I think where I would take this in the career, um, the career arena is sort of noticing, notice yourself, notice your body language, notice how you're feeling when you have career conversations. For example, if you're, interviewing for several companies and you're looking for a different job um, you're going to show up with an image because you want to present yourself in the best way and you've done your research and there's a reason why you're in the interview because you apply and there's something that they saw in you um and then you get to the interview and sometimes you're going to be like oh wow this doesn't feel right or this culture feels a little different than what I was expecting or Maybe you feel like people weren't as friendly as you were hoping or something like that. And you notice you're still trying to make that great image because you want them to like you, but maybe you don't actually like that culture. It doesn't feel good. And so I think um, we forget that interviews are two way and that they are a trial to see if we could fit in and we would feel comfortable and good in that opportunity. Uh, and so I can relate to that. And I think many others who have been in a career search at some point have felt that way. Um, and so it's, it's about being in tune with yourself. You can certainly find commonalities. And it may just be that one individual or two individuals you don't click with, but the rest of the company you do and you really like the work, um, in which case you lean on those commonalities um, and talk to more people and validate that that's true. Um, so I do think it's about pulling on commonality but it's also about recognizing where maybe it's just not a fit right now or it's just not a fit and how do you feel like when you get off the phone do you feel energized or do you feel kind of like oh that just didn't feel great but like I still want the job or or like I think I want the job because I need a job but it just didn't feel good and so I think um, we should remember that an interview is also like like a two-way relationship Uh, And so that's kind of what comes to mind right now is is let's look inward and see how we feel um, in these interactions. And um, in the professional setting, you meet with people all the time, many of whom you didn't choose to meet with, like they're on a team that you're supposed to meet with to execute a project. And so it's not like you selected the particular individuals that you're responsible for meeting with. And sometimes you're not going to have things in common or it's just not going to jive. Um, but you know, that's sort of, that's sort of part of life and you can lean on those commonalities to sort of get through. Uh, and, um, so that's kind of what comes to mind right now on that topic and, and just reconnecting with your authentic self and, and just, um, you know, being comfortable admitting when an opportunity or a relationship is not serving you or isn't making you happy. And if you have control over where you're spending your time there. If you can pull back a little bit and put your energy with individuals, like for example, some clients are a big headache and, <laughs> um, you know, they are great and like they provide business, but maybe they take a lot of energy and a lot of time and you're not able to serve other clients that, um, that give you energy. And so, um, you know, sometimes like if you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to be selective with, with where you um, put your time. And so I think that relays into authenticity of, you know, what, what is your personal brand? How do you feel? Um, ha, can you choose who you're working with um, and where you spend your time and know that you're, there's always going to be uncomfortable situations. There's going to be people that maybe you don't um, mesh with as well, but I agree with you that leaning on commonality in those situations can help get you through.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, well, Right now, I am focusing more on like personal relationships. Although we are talking, well, in the book you talk about career relationships, but about the part of like an entrepreneur being selective of who he like uh partners with. That's what I am trying to do right now with the Reader Lounge, at least because with the podcast, I mean, I am way more selective of who I bring um yeah into into the show. But with the Reader lounge, it is like something more something that I think takes more work because I have like to actually read the books and to build a connection, and that's mm-hmm. something important. and also why I have seen that like for in terms of business, promotions are not the the greatest way to monetize a page and that's why i am also like trying to create now new stuff directed more to my audience to people who like already like the value i'm sharing but would like to maybe receive more and would also be um like willing to pay for it and i was having a conversation a week ago with on Abdi, and he is the creator of one minute book review which is a page like mine but way bigger and I was talking with him about like the business side of like book pages and all of that, and yeah, the main point again was of who you connect with and what you share with your brand and well now let's get into the last step of the knock method keep giving and I th- well you break this down into generosity and gratitude um but i would I would say that it's also about just keeping adding value so could you uh, talk about this this last step
1: yes so this goes back to that idea of the commonality cup but continually you know feeling like you're adding value to a person or a partnership um, and you don't have to have a particular goal in mind it can just simply be like we really I really you know connect with this person and I want to help mm-hmm. them succeed and so I'm going to send them articles when I see things that Look like they're they would be interested in them or opportunities that come across my plate that I'm not able to take on or it's not a fit, or mm-hmm. um, just you know, saying thank you and appreciating when people make time to help us along our journey. So um, while the first four steps are a little bit more about how to reach out and be on the initiating. and the last one is really about how to continue giving. Um, and um, nurturing those relationships. So um, that's the main point of that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is very important because many times we just focus on the first parts to build an exchange, and then we forget everything. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And following through helps us like to actually make it an experience, which is something more meaningful. And that is the point of the book. Um, mm -hmm.
1: I was gonna say, for example, if you reached out to me in a year and said, happy anniversary on your podcast launch with the Readerland, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, I didn't realize, right? Like things that are kind of surprise and delight um, that work like that, um, but there are so many ways that we can give and share gratitude and they don't have to cost money. It can just be like a quick thinking of you or, um, you know, I listened to your show today or, um, you know, I checked out that book that you just read. Like it can just be like a quick note so people feel good and appreciated.
0: Mm -hmm. i would like also to uh, well in the book you give and you give uh, many resources of how to actually apply the the theory in the first 200 pages um and you also uh give a list of for example questions for for interviews and and for many things and that's something which i like but uh, well, I, I want to ask two things. First, do, have you got any book recommendations um, regarding the topic of building relationships? Well, career relationships and just like personal relationships. And then the other question is just, would you like to add anything to wrap up like the topic of the book?
1: Thank you. Um, books that are related to this topic um, and they dig a little bit more into the research part of the, the health benefits of building um, High-quality connections uh, in their reference in the book include Compassionomics and um, Together by uh, Vivek Murthy, who's now reinstated as our U.S. Surgeon General. He's This is the second time now, but their research is all about um, the power of connection and, and how, how dangerous isolation can be. Um, and so those are two of the books that I've been thinking about. And then I don't know... If you have met her yet, but I'm um, total fangirl of Alex Carter. Her book, Ask for More, and it's about negotiation, but it really is about connecting with yourself and connecting with others, um, and feeling empowered. So it's not a direct connection, but I would recommend that book as well. Uh, so those are some of the books. And what was the final question?
0: Yeah, Is there anything you would like to add to wrap up the topic of uh, yeah of your book of Knock?
1: Uh, yes, I would add that um, anyone can build high-quality career connections uh, with intention, and I hope that NOC provides a guide on how to do that, so, literally step-by-step step with stories and inspiration and quotes that will hopefully make you feel empowered, like if other people can do it, that you can do it too. Um, and many of the individuals that I interviewed were the result of using the Knock method and, and feeling like I was showing up with courage and with a, a plan and some intention and fortunately they opened the door. Um, some amazing researchers, some incredible best-selling authors and um, professors. And uh, so point being, if, if I can do it and build meaningful relationships with people of all ages and experience levels and um, backgrounds, then you can do it too. So I hope you feel inspired to reach out to individuals and make those connections because it's amazing. You'll notice once you do make those connections, that maybe the only thing that was between the two of you um, or between you and a company or you an opportunity was that intentional outreach um, in a way mm-hmm. that provides mutual value. And, um, and then if you hadn't taken that step, um, it will be hard to imagine because your life will be ending up in a completely different place. So the power of, High quality connections in your career um, can really open doors, not just for you, but for so many people.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's something important to highlight. Like many times we do not create relationships because we do not take that first step. But taking the courage to do this scary thing and build relationships, whether it is in our careers or um, personal lives or whatever, can actually make a, a big difference and the impact and in our lives and in our careers. And well the last question that I usually ask in my podcast in cities called the transformation journey is how do you define and approach transformation in your life or in this case your career too?
1: Hmm. How do I approach and define transformation? I define it as growth and responding to environment and context um, because different times in your life, different experiences, different companies, different people that you're surrounded by um, can make an impact on you and, and how you can make the biggest impact. And um, so constantly checking in with yourself and reevaluating if you're you know where you want to be, where you can be to to make make the best impact and, and biggest imprint on the world. Um, is important, an important part of transformation. Uh, And I hope that answers your question.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else you would like to add to anything? And also to maybe mention where can people find you and where can they buy your book?
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, Yes, I invite all of you listeners to join us on the Knock Method LinkedIn group. Um, It is a group for individuals looking to build meaningful connections in their careers. And you can connect with people across all industries and experience levels. So it's a great networking source as well. Um, Also on thenockmethod.com, you can find out about upcoming workshops and events um, to learn more about how to apply the knock method. If you're interested in setting up a knock method workshop um, with books as well for a group, a student group or a professional group, um, happy to set that up and uh, you can find knock online at amazon uh, target barnes and noble and you can ask your local bookstore to carry it um, and you can also get it on ebook
0: well so i will leave the links of those things in the description so people can uh, access that and well thank you for for coming it's been great and valuable i would say for personal and career relationships as i said i i focus mostly on like personal relationships but it's something important also like to, to for me that I am like building my career to do it in the right way and to build experiences not just exchanges so that has been episode number 29 of the transformation journey with Rebecca Aris I hope you found it valuable and that you enjoyed it. Before getting into what my biggest lessons from this episode were, I would really, really love if you could support the podcast in one or more of the following ways: sharing the episode on your Instagram story, sharing the link to a friend, following the transformation journey on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And leaving an iTunes review in which you share what you find valuable from this podcast and why you decided to invest your time and energy listening to this episode. If you also want to DM me through Instagram and share with me some feedback regarding this episode or anything else in general, you can look for me as at the.transformation.journey. I really love hearing about you, so connecting would be cool. Now, let's get into the promised pieces of value that I extracted from this episode. Number one, experience-based relationships are relationships in which the focus is to keep having common experiences that add value to both sides and to others. Number two, enriching the quality of a relationship lies in each of us. Number three, be intentional with your relationships. Know why you want to develop them and how you choose to show up to them. Number four, be authentic. Number five, keeping up a relationship could have the simple purpose of mutual support. Number six, many times the difference between a great relationship and the relationship that will never exist is taking the first step with courage. And number seven, for transformation, self-awareness and checking in with yourself is very important. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it was worth your time and energy and that it had lessons of value for you. My name is Emiliano and I will speak with you in the next time.